What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton. This podcast is available on all platforms. So wherever you get your podcast from, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Follow me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also follow me on Twitter slash X at Sports Business. That's S P U R T Z B I Z N E S S. You can also email the show. That's sportsbusiness at gmail.com. Coming up on today's show. We're going to talk about some winners and losers of the Week 12 uh, NFL action. Definitely going to talk about some NBA fast break quick notes. And then before we get up out of here, we're going to talk about the dummy of the day. But first things first, are y'all still eating leftovers? Today's Monday as of this recording after Thanksgiving. But I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, I hope y'all was able to hang out with your friends, family. And if you did to work, shout out to you because I'm pretty sure you had a good reason why you was working. Um, your boy had some friends and family that came over this weekend and uh, Saturday I went to the David Benavidez fight with my homeboy Daniel so we had a good time one of the better stack cards actually that I've seen in a long time for boxing so um, but before that him and I we was actually kicking it and we watched a lot of college football <clears throat> and I saw the Alabama Hail Mary that uh, that that sent shockwaves around the world I saw a little bit of the um ohio state michigan game the washington washington state game oregon oregon state hey man if we keep it in the buck man this year college football has actually been fire like so much more fire than nfl is not even close the games have been way more entertaining there's been bigger storylines the the game itself has built up a lot of drama and a lot of those games that had high potential matchups they came through um tom brady last week um, I think it was on the Stephen H podcast or something like that. And he was talking about how the NFL this year has been trash. And I said that earlier this year on the, on my show. I think it was like week two, week three. I was like, yo, man, NFL's bootsy this year. And y'all wanted to throw the book at me. I know somebody in particular was saying that I named five teams at the time. And I think it was the Niners, Eagles, Chiefs, uh, whatever the other two teams were, that everyone else was garbage. And here we are, week 12, and I still stand by that. Um, and we're going to get into the winners and losers. But if you look around, I just want to see, see a stat. Quarterback play in, in general has just been horrible. It's been horrendous. I think this year we are going to be, so far we've had 50 different quarterbacks that have started through the first 11 weeks of the 2023 season. Last year we was at 68. Um, and we're trending to have the most different starting quarterbacks since like 1950. So, that tells me that uh, these teams ain't really invested in backup quarterbacks, not to mention when backup quarterbacks are able to get in the game, they got the deer in the headlight looks because there's really no more mandatory OTAs. Um, I don't know whatever the Players Association that wanted to give that up where there wasn't really players didn't have to report to, to camp, really don't have to report all the way up until training camp. So, you really got the off season where really ain't nobody really working on the off season. You got coaches that are just horrible. Like I think Adam Schefter said uh, said today that you can see up to at least 12, 10, 7 to 10 coaches getting fired this year. And I was talking to the homie Mark earlier today. And we were talking about, he was just talking about Dennis Allen. And I was like, yeah, Dennis Allen should have never got that job. Like some people are just meant to be coordinators. Frank Wright, 
who looks like um what's my man's name off of winnie the pooh who always just was depressed eeyore he just looked like he's just depressed like he he doesn't look like he has that it factor and he even got canned after i think 11 games which word on the street is he really should have never got that job or him and the owner never saw eye to eye but i hear i am saying that yo this year the nfl has been garbage you got quarterbacks that are just looking horrible you got 10 rookie quarterbacks that have started 12 if you want to include tim boyle and uh jake browning from the Bengals. so you've had almost 50 percent of your league league starting starting at least more than one quarterback this year so there's just been no consistency the talent level the the drop off between elite and just even just a eh quarterback is so much of a huge drop off that it just makes the product overall just be bad you have really really bad coaches you got really really bad coaching farm systems where you don't even have a good deep pool to pull out of good a really good candidate you know you got all these trash coaches that are going to get you know really another good chance like so frank right got fired from indianapolis picks up this job josh mcdaniels got fired from denver ended up getting the job with the raiders and got fired again there's really if you look at the history of coaches that had the first shot their first gig that actually was trash and ended up turning it around on their second going around it's slim and none you can bring up bill belichick but bill belichick had a decent team with cleveland before he ended up getting that gig at new england Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll was an anomaly because he had a decent, you know, he was above 500 with the Patriots, and then he went to USC and then got to to, to Seattle, but that's an anomaly. He took a pit stop in college. Um, Tom Coughlin had a great, it was a great coach in, in Jacksonville. I think he got him to two AFC championship games before he went to New York. So he had a great, great pedigree. Andy Reid, you know, he had a, he was the all-time winning coach in Philadelphia and now in KC. So you really got bad coaching all the way around, and it trickles down to the players. And this is why you have a piss-poor product right now. What? That being said, hey, what do I know? I'm just the guy that's out here just talking off the top of my head. But, you know, if Tom Brady's out here saying it, then all of a sudden y'all want to be sipping on the Kool-Aid. But I've been saying it all year long that, hey, football, NFL ain't really where it's at this year. It's really been college, but, hey. Y'all can sit there and, and give him all the credit. I'll just keep sitting here doing my own thing. But anyways, my Week 12 re winners and losers. We're going to start with the winners. Hey, man, I told you all that the Detroit Lions was fool's gold. I told you all that. I told you all that there was no reason for the media to be covering the Lions the way that they have. They low-key remind me of Colorado, University of Colorado. We're already getting all this hype because they got all the potential, but when the light shine the brightest... They've been able to fizzle out. And so that's why I'm giving the Green Bay Packers the my, my Week 12 winners. is Because Green Bay went on the road. They went to Detroit. Everyone thought it was going to be a layup game for Detroit. And, and that game really wasn't as close as what the score shows. I know it was, I think, 29 to 22 or something like that was the final score. But, excuse me, if you actually watched the, the, that game, the game was pretty much over at the first quarter. I think it was like 20 to 6. Jordan Love progressively has looked like a serviceable NFL quarterback. And this is what happens when you have patience, time, and, and you give the quarterback time to grow. Of course, the first couple of weeks he was going to look like Lemon Booty. But if you look at his last few weeks, his, his, his numbers are actually looking like Aaron Rodgers' first year when he was a quarterback. I think they're right around the same passing yards, same amount of touchdowns, and I think the touchdown to interception ratio is actually the same. So Jordan Love, I'm not going to say he's going to be the, you know, the, the third coming of 
Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. But if he keeps going the way that they're going, they're going to be okay. Now, as far as the Lions go, they played bad on the road against Baltimore. They barely won against Chicago last week, which they should have lost that game. And then they get pretty much essentially smoked at home on a nationally televised game. This is why nobody's taking the Lions serious. And all you people that are taking the Lions serious, you're probably just a Detroit Lions fan that's just holding on to any type of hope. But if you're telling me right now you're going to line them up against the Eagles, Niners, maybe even the Cowboys, and the Cowboys are even an anomaly, I'm not, I don't have too much faith in them boys. I really don't. They don't have another pass register on the other side of Aiden Hutchinson. The secondary looks a little skeptical. And then Jared Goff, I mean, he cool and all, but it's Jared Goff at the same time. So, yeah. But, yeah, that, that's, you know, the Packers, hey, you get a game ball. My next set, my next set of winners is going to be the Jacksonville Jacks. Hey, after the Niners came off of that bye and went down to Duval County, opened up a can of whoop-ass, the Jacks have been able to put together a nice little string of wins together, being the fact that they had played a very, very, probably the most entertaining game outside of Philly and Buffalo was that Jacksonville-Houston game. Um, Trevor Lawrence, they, Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley, Travis Etienne, they had a great game. The defense of Josh Allen, the linebacker, DN, he had an amazing game, but they were able to kind of keep C.J. Stroud, I'm not going to say they slowed him down, but they kind of kept him in check where he didn't go sicko mode, but... At one point, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars are looking right down at the barrel of the gun, looking like they can be the top-seeded team in the AFC just because all the heavy hitters that you thought that were going to be in the AFC have kind of not died down. You really only got KC, and KC's been looking a little eh, a little flaky. I told you all about Buffalo. I told you that at the beginning, before the season began that Buffalo wasn't going to be hitting like what they should be. The New York Jets, they fell off as soon as the, the season started, so... I mean, you know, the the Jags have a shot, and then you got the Texans that are right there. So the Jags ain't out of the woods yet just based off the fact that I kind of, you could have kind of assumed that they were going to have a layup in that division, but the Texans are playing really, really hard. Um, the Colts have been playing really, really good. And, you know, the Titans, you just don't know what the hell you're going to get with them. I don't have too much faith in them, but I think the tag, the, the Jags should be able to walk away with that division. But the, the, the Texans, they ride up on them boys' heels. But it's a great win. They were able to, you know, split the the home the two games between the Texans this year. And if it comes down to it, you know, <clears throat> they might have a couple of tiebreakers. But the Jags way to come back from a bounce back game and make things happen with what they got. So a tough, hard fought win in the division that is getting a little bit more spicy, um, which segues segues me to the other set of winners, which would be the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts really shouldn't be winning. You know any games right now they low-key could be tanking if they really wanted to and they'd have big they had, would be justifiable justifiably so that they would be able to you know nobody would question it you know how you had jonathan taylor <clears throat> he came into training camp late because of his contract issues you had anthony richardson pretty much be out within the first four or five games um and then you got gardner Minshew, who's been a pretty good journey journey quarterback backup quarterback who, you know, you don't expect nothing out of. But I think the Colts have won three games in a row. Where now they're above 500 and they beat the Buccaneers. <clears throat> now, what does that mean about the Colts as far as can they sneak, can they make a playoff run? As middle of the pack as the AFC has been looking like, you can't count them boys out. The defense is really good. You got DeForest Buckner there. You got Michael Pittman Jr. there. Like I said, you got Jonathan Taylor. You got uh, Ali Cox there. So you got... You've got some things that you can work with. And all you're really trying to do is tell 
Gardner, Gardner Minshew is not to turn the ball over. You know, the defense has been pretty, pretty good. And like I said, the fact that they have won three games in a row with when you could have really just mailed it in at, after Anthony Richardson got hurt just shows me that uh, they made the right move and getting Frank Wright out of there. And I don't know who's the coach there now, but he seems like he's doing a good job. And you could actually low-key kind of say, put him in the name of the list as far as D'Amico Ryan, Sean Payton, um, as far as coach of the year goes, put that dude in there too. I don't know whose name, put his name is off the top of my head, but yeah, he's, he's he should get some votes. And then my last set of winners is the Eagles. I think I said maybe three weeks ago, I don't know if I was on the show, if I was talking to the homie, but I said the Eagles was probably going to go with the next five games between, between Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, Dallas twice. I think they played Dallas twice within the next five weeks or something like that. That they'd be lucky if they won three games. But for them to be able to beat the Buffalo Bills, which honestly that probably might have been Buffalo's last push to see if they were for real or not. And now I would be looking at Sean McDermott's seat being a little hot. Being a granite, <clears throat> they didn't play a bad game. They they did everything that they were supposed to do. The only bad play they had was really in overtime when Gabe Davis and Josh Allen, the quarterback, had a miscommunication in the route. But outside of that, they played a pretty pretty perfect game as much as you can with the conditions that they played in. And the better team won. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts, put them. He, he got them boys on his back and he made things happen. Devontae Smith is starting to get a lot more. He's looking like why he is a top 10, 15 pick that he was. Heisman Trophy winner, and he's making things happen alongside with A.J. Brown. So now you can't just double A.J. Brown and think that it's all going to be gravy on the other side because you got Devontae Smith. The thing about I like about the Eagles is that they got a run game that's not really dependent just only on Jalen Hurts. They're really using Jalen Hurts for the little tush-push short yardage here and there but you know yesterday he made that you know 15 20 yard scamper for the touchdown but they're not asking him to make a lot, a lot of plays with his feet he's been able to stay in the pocket make things happen and then when it comes down to the touch push you know my man's squatting over 600 pounds so you know slight work for him but the eagles for them to be i think they're what 10 and 1 or 9 and 1 9 and 1 or something like that or 10 and 1 and They've had games where they, you know, you're going to have some games where it's going to be close. You're going to have games that are going to be very, very stressful. You're going to have games that you're going to be able to smoke people out. But when you're when you've won 10 games and been able to do what you've been doing, you know, you, you can kind of you can kind of slack off a little bit and make things happen. But shout out to the Eagles for making it happen. A really, really entertaining game. And, yeah, I, I was locked in with that game yesterday, too. Now we're going to switch over to the losers. Hey, man. First set, New England Patriots. Um, is it time to start saying that maybe it was more of Bill Belichick and, or maybe it was more of a Tom Brady thing than Bill Belichick because Tom Brady left the Patriots and won a Super Bowl and then got him to the playoffs again. Meanwhile, Bill Belichick has not been able to find a serviceable quarterback. And now, no shade to the New York Giants. Like, the New York Giants, they could have melted in when Danny Danny Nichols got hurt. But they got this dude, Tommy DeVito, who, you know, he's, he's won his last two starts. And granted, they haven't been looking the best. But a win is a win. A win is a win. And the fact that the New England Patriots, you know, this whole mystique of Bill Belichick, but the Patriot way, we need to go ahead and just nick, we need to cut that out. The Patriot way is over. The Patriot dynasty is over. 
and we need to go ahead and move on move forward and kind of just leave that alone but the Patriots they look BA double D bad this year only two wins they probably gonna be probably a top five draft pick but then again if Bill Belichick is there I don't know how much patience is Robert Kraft gonna have where he's gonna let him draft who he wants to draft because I don't think Bill Belichick has drafted a pro bowler offensive player in the in the era since probably the early 2000s so you know it's you know it, it's it's it, it's done all dynasties come to a weird interesting close and the fall from grace from bill belichick is now just you know all the way at rock bottom for him so you know it is what it is but sliding on over hey the la charger san diego Chargers, whatever you want to call them why does brandon staley still got the job y'all I, like, does he have something on the Spanos family? And I know I talked about it last week on the show, but here we are, another game where they played decent, and somehow they just tricked off the game at the end where, you know, Zay Flowers had a huge touchdown run that pretty much sealed their fate. But you got an all, you know, you got an all-world talent quarterback in Justin Herbert. You got Austin Eckler. You got Keenan Allen. You got Gerald Everett. You got defense at all three levels where you got pretty much an all-pro somewhere. And you out here can only put up 10 points? Come on, man. If if Brandon Staley is not fired at the end of the year, like, unless they go on some type of miracle run, which I don't see happening, unless they go on some type of miracle run, he got to go. Like, there's just no way that you're trying to put a team that's not been there even 10 years, that has no fan base, that's trying. I don't know if they're trying to build a fan base or what. I don't know how many people really commute from San Diego to L.A. to go to those games, but it ain't working. It ain't working. He's not a good coach. And, and it's time for the Spanos family to rake up and smell the coffee and chuck up the deuces in and cut ties with him. Because it ain't it ain't, it ain't, ain't him. He ain't it. And you're really just wasting Justin Herbert's prime years. You got Khalil Mack is on the back nine. You got Derwin James, Asante Samuel Jr. Um, you got Keenan Allen. How many more years does he want to do this? You got um, Austin Eckler, who's probably going to be, I think he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Um, you got all of this stuff where... At the end of the season, you're gonna be looking around. People are gonna be looking to the left and the right and be like, "It ain't worth it. It it, it really ain't." So, um, yeah, just bad. It's just all bad for the Chargers. And then the New Orleans Saints. I went on social media yesterday. And I said they probably got to be the most disappointed team in the NFL. And when I usually when you say the most disapp- the word disappointing, that usually means coaching. And here's another coach that got. That one came out the blocks hot, just awful with the Raiders, and then gets another opportunity because Sean Payton pretty much give, air, uh, anointed him as the next coach for uh, the Saints when he when he dipped set two years ago. Look here, man. They are probably the most disappointed for the fact that Derek Carr I think threw over 400 yards yesterday and they only got five field goals. That ain't good. Now, a lot of Saints fan ain't too happy with the Derek Carr's play, which. I mean, I get you, but then, I, like I said, would you rather have Derek Carr or would you be starting Tommy DeVito? No shade to Tommy DeVito, but he don't want two two games. Would you Would you want Derek Carr or would you want Aiden O'Connell? Like I said, he's not turning the ball over like he did last year. I think a little bit of his coaching, he's got mad injuries. Like, Mike Thomas, do you want to play football or not, bro? Like, what's going on with you, man? You ain't played football a full season in the last few years. Um, Shahid got hurt. I think Chris Olave got another concussion yesterday. So he's out there playing with a whole bunch of dudes that are getting hurt. His O line ain't really doing what they supposed to be doing. 
Alvin Kamara has not looked all that well this year, and the defense has been pretty cool. But I say all that to say that I thought the Saints, when I say I'm so disappointed, I thought the Saints was going to be able to walk away with the division this year. I didn't think Atlanta was going to be hitting like they were. And side note, side note, speaking of the Atlanta Falcons, these Fairweather Falcons fans, hey man, y'all need to lay off the backs of Arthur Smith, okay? He ain't got a quarterback. He's out here, they're leading the division, and y'all still coming for this man's head? Like, what is wrong with y'all? Like, <laughs> y'all just want to fire this man, and he's actually had a decent season. But back on to the Saints. The, 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 the word disappointing can't be no more than what I've seen they are this year. Um, like I said, if you want to blame Derek Carr, that's cool. But then at the same time, who you going to put in? James, James Winston? I saw a video yesterday or today, James Winston more worried about Luda rapping coming from the Raptors looking like Sting than he is about the damn football game. And people are saying, well, give James a chance. For what? He got in the game a couple of weeks ago and threw two picks and cost the team a win. He ain't that good. And if James Winston was that good, why did he? Why has he been in the back of a Derek Carr and Andy Dalton the last two years? If he was that good, he could have went over to the New York Jets. He could have went to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, where else could he went? To the Colts. Um, what's the team that needed a quarterback right now? Those three teams for sure. They, they didn't pick up the phone and call for James Winston. So if he was that good, he would be on the go. But he ain't that good, so he's stuck right there. So miss me with the whole putting James Winston in because you're you going to be sitting there just looking at the same predicament that what you got with Derek Carr. Probably even worse. And like I said, was he cool? Was he How good was he with the Raiders? He was good all the way up until last year, but the Raiders, if you ask, if you put some truth serum in Mark Davis and ask him, did you regret letting go of Derek Carr? He's probably going to say, yeah, because you don't get rid of Derek Carr to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. That's worse than having Derek Carr. So if you had your choices of keeping Derek Carr or getting Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and Mark Davis actually could have made the final call, which he didn't. He probably would have kept Garoppolo or would have kept Derek Carr. So, you know, that's that's where I keep going back to the beginning of the year when I'm talking about how quarterbacks have been piss poor this year. The quarterback play has been absolutely just dreadful. And that gives me to the other set of losers. The New York Jets. Hey, man. New York media has been on the bumper of Zach Wilson and Robert Sala to the point where they wanted Robert or Zach Wilson to be they wanted to bench him and I said last week what you gonna do start Tim Boyle and I think last week I said on the show that they were gonna start Tim Boyle but I also said what what, what did you what's the outcome what's going to happen and Tim Boyle probably looked worse than Zach Wilson did yesterday uh, Thursday Friday Black Friday game he looked worse than Zach Wilson did are y'all happy yet? Like, are you guys satisfied with what you all saw on Friday? Seriously. Because if you are, you're crazy. All of y'all that's after said y'all wanted Tim Boyle in there over Zach Wilson, I hope you all are happy because that looked worse than any Zach Wilson game that I've seen this year. And they've been bad. So don't tell me that putting the backup in is always the right answer. Because when you got to sit there and think about having to put in the backup in, that probably means that you just don't have quarterbacks off. You don't have a serviceable quarterback room as it is. So now they're going to roll with him again next week or this week coming up. For what? For what? It's going to look it's going to look the same. You probably were better off just keeping Zach Wilson in there. You weren't going to win any games at this point. The offensive line is trash. Uh, Garrett Wilson doesn't have any of the help on the other side as the receivers. 
Dalvin Cook has been, a sh- I don't know where he's been. Brees Hall's about been the only thing that's been working for y'all. And the defense looks like they're getting tired. They're getting sick and tired of getting sick and tired of just trying to keep the team in the games. And if I'm Aaron Rodgers, who allegedly can start, who's trying to come back to the practice facility, I think as early as this week, I don't know if I want to come back and play for that line. I wouldn't. But again, it goes back to everybody saying, well, get rid of the quarterback. And then do what? The backup quarterback ain't what it used to be. Frank Wright is probably the only last backup that I can think of, which a lot of y'all who's listening to the show don't even know that he was, who he's the one that pulled off one of the greatest ups, come, come from behind wins in NFL history in the playoffs. Before the uh, San Diego Chargers loofed up that one against the Jacksonville Jaguars last year when they were up 27 zip, I think when Frank Wright backed up Jim Kelly, they were down 35 to 38 to 3 going into the fourth quarter, something like that. So, miss me with the whole. Oh, well, we need to put a. Well, we need to see what Tim Boyle got. It can't be no worse than Zach Wood. Well, it was. It was. And that was embarrassing. You're probably going to cost Robert Sala his own job. But hey, have fun. Have fun. I hope it was worth it. I hope it was worth it. Y'all should have just been able to be like, you know what? The season's a loss. It is what it is. We're just going to ride with Zach. We're going to give him as much exposure as we can. And let's just see what he can do. But hey, y'all wanted, y'all wanted to get rid of him. Y'all wanted to run my man up out of town like he was the problem. Not saying that he wasn't, but uh, that, that offense didn't look that much better. Now, we're going to go into the NBA fast, fast break notes. Um, I really, I'm not going to lie, I really haven't been watching the NBA the last couple of weeks, or particularly Tuesdays and Fridays, just as a silent protest to this in-season tournament, which still doesn't make sense to me. But I also didn't realize that like the Orlando Magic is second in the Eastern Conference this year. Don't know how much of that I'm really paying attention to because I remember this time last year the New Orleans Pelicans were like the number one overall seed in the Western Conference, but I guess it's a talking point. Um, I don't I don't know how good they are, but I know they've won seven in a row, and I think that's the longest win streak right now, current active win streak outside of the Phoenix Suns, which Phoenix looked like they had a they had a, a hell of a game like yesterday against uh, the New York Knicks, where Devin Booker hit a dagger in three. But at the same time, the Phoenix Suns, when the hell are you going to have all three players play? Because Kevin Durant didn't play yesterday or Bradley Beal, who they don't know when his back is going to be okay. And I don't know last time I checked, you kind of need your back to be able to move around. So, again, I think the Suns are on to something. They look like they're getting it together, but also they're going to need to be able to play with all three players sooner or later. Um... I might have to eat a little bit of my eat a little bit of humble pie about uh, Chet Holmgren. I still need to see a little bit more, but it looks like he has been balling. And if the season ended today, after what is that, 17 games or so, he probably would be the rookie of the year. But hey, 17 games ain't even we're not even a third through the season yet. So give him. Let's see a little bit more. But you know the Timberwolves. I think with Anthony Edwards kind of moving Carl Anthony Towns out the way to say, hey, I'm the dude. I think that has helped the team out tremendously. Um, the L.A. Lakers, you know, we'll see how they goes. Like I said, the same thing about the Clippers. You know, give it everything needs to take time. And I think that's one reason why I haven't really been watching a lot of basketball is that it's just a whole lot of mud butt right now. It's just, just mediocrity. Um, you got the Miami Heat. They're just not finally getting together where they, they've, they've won seven out of the last ten or something like that. Boston's been consistent. Milwaukee, you know. I don't know what the hell going on in Milwaukee, but they are here giving up a twenty-six or down by twenty-six points to the uh, 
to the to the Portland Trailblazers, and they had to make a heroic comeback win against the the, the Trailblazers. <gasps> Excuse me, that's a red flag. Um, the Indiana Pacers they've been playing playing pretty good. I know Halliburton's been looking like a great All Star, but like I said, until the end season tournament is over, thank the good Lord, in about a week and a half, you ain't you ain't gonna get a lot of NBA takes from me on on, on social media. It's just. I'm cool. You know, if y'all want to watch AAU basketball, that's cool. I live here in Vegas. I can watch AAU basketball spring, summer, all the time. And I, I think that's a little bit more entertaining than uh, what I've seen so far from the little bit I've seen this year when it comes down to the NBA. You know, if y'all like them loud-ass courts, that'd be my guess. More power to you. I'm actually going to a game, going to a basketball game, think, uh, Friday. And it's not an in-season game because I think the in-season tournament ends tomorrow. Or at least the, the the group play, quote unquote. Um, but Friday, I'm going to at least watch the Dallas Mavericks play. They've been an interesting team against the Memphis Grizzle, which has been they've been about what I thought they was going to be. Even if uh, Clarence, aka John Morant, was playing, uh, he'd be. You know, I didn't think they were going to be that good this year. I didn't think they were that good last year. So we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, those are your NBA fast break notes. Um, you know. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm a little shocked about Orlando. I'm a little shocked at the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, OKC. But like I said, if we want to start, you know, anointing people after 17 games, y'all go have fun with that. I'm going to really just start paying attention probably around Christmas at the earliest. And this is coming from somebody who my favorite sport is basketball. But, you know, the NBA this year has just not been what it should be. It's, you know, I think they thought that this whole in-season tournament was going to get eyeballs, but from what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing, it really hasn't. Um, and for what? Because you got college football that's been really entertaining. Hell, bowl season's about to start next week or so. And then you got playoff football starting uh, really, really soon. So, yeah, man. NBA, I don't know what you're going to have to do, but the in-season tournament ain't it. But anyways, before we get up out of here, we definitely got to do the dummy of the day. And that dummy of the day goes out to... Draymond Green and Draymond I get Green has it seems like his suspension even those five games felt like it was he'd been gone for about a month for some reason but I guess his suspension ends or his suspension ended he's eligible to play tomorrow night against the Sacramento Kings he doubled down basically on him defending his teammates which I get it and I and I posted something on social media the other day and I was like hey Y'all want to throw the book at Draymond Green, but y'all didn't say nothing about Nikola Jokic last year or the year before last when he sat there and body-checked one of the Morris twins, and that dude ended up missing the rest of the year. Um, he ended up scrapping out with somebody last week, and, you know, nobody said anything, and he was defending his teammates. <clears throat> but Draymond, here's the thing. You know, you keep saying that, hey, you know, they keep suspending you from what you did in uh, game, or game four of the NBA Finals back in 2016. That's the problem, man. You ain't learned your lesson. And I don't know if you'll ever learn your lesson unless you get, you know, a suspension of 30 games, which I don't think Adam Silver has the cojones to do so. Um, you're going to have to at least act like you're going to have to play the game. You're going to have to play the role. And I get it. You want to be you. You're going to be you. Steve Kerr lets you be, you know, Steve Kerr and the rest of the team. They let you be you, which I get it. You're the focal point. You're the mouthpiece of the team. I understand all that. But at the same time. You can't just be out here putting a bigger target on your back where you just you out here on these press conferences saying that you're going to be you. You can't do that, man. 
You can't do it. You you can't. You can't you can't be out here, you know, promoting violent not even violence, just your brand of basketball. Especially when the NBA is trying to go this whole eh, I wanna say soft, but no there's no other term but saying soft. Now granted, I know that you were trying to defend Clay Thompson. I understand it's very noble of you, but and you know, you didn't have to you didn't have to choke out Rudy Gobert is all I'm saying. That's all you could have pulled him apart. You could have shoved him, pulled him apart. I get all of that. I know the backstory, but you can't come literally hot, hot out the gates after you just came off of a, uh, getting thrown out of another game, choking this man out on TV, and then then you out here talking about I do it again. Well, pretty much the same thing. You do it again. You know the season for the Warriors right now. It's it's really a make it or break it type of season. You know they're gonna have to make a move. Which I'm saying they're probably going to have to come up off of Kaminga, Moody, and Wiggins. I don't see them them leaving, letting Klay Thompson go. Unless Klay Thompson wants to come off the bench, which I don't see that happening either. I don't think his prize is going to let him do that. But Andrew Wiggins' game has regressed significantly since 2022. So, you need to go ahead and flip him now. Draymond, you're doing a lot more chirping because, you know, when you the dude... Who does all of the hustle work, the grind work, just the, the junkyard dog dude. That hustle stuff, that ages on you really, really quick. And Draymond, as far as you're on the court goes, you know, not saying that you was out here pulling up Hall of Fame numbers, but you ain't shooting the ball all that well, bro. So while you out here doing all of this junkyard dog stuff, you want to kind of put in go back in the lab and figure out how you can preserve your 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 tank if you want to make a push for the playoffs. Especially if you're trying to be in May and June type of basketball. So, Draymond, I love you, but you're going to have to just take a chill pill and play the game. Do what you got to do. Let your, let, your, let, your, let your game do the talking and everything else will come into play. But that is a Sports Business Podcast. I hope you've been enjoying it. My name is Eric Compton. You can find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also find me on the Twitterverse. That's at Sports Business. That's S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also email the show. That's S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-B-I-Z-B-I-Z-B-I-Z-B-I-Z-B-I-Z-B-I-Z-B-I-Z-B-I-Z-B-I-Z-B-I-Z-B-I-Z-B-I